One season has barely ended, and another season has already begun. Let's talk about it here, in the Doghouse, on the Believe Network. I'm your Doghouse host, David Murray, and when I say the new season has begun, I mean it. Uh, Even before the 2022 Mississippi State baseball season concluded with another sweep and the 11th straight SEC loss and all that stuff you already know too well and presumably want to forget by now, I know I certainly would love to, but never will be able to, Uh, much like the great years, the bad ones also stick out, fortunately because there's so few for Bulldog baseball, which makes them hurt all the worse when they happen. But what do I mean about the new seasons underway? Well, you can start by reading uh, Saturday's uh, post-game talk with a couple of Bulldog players about uh, a question I asked them in particular. How would you recruit for Mississippi State, given what you've gone through? What do you think about the strengths of this program? How would you sell it? And Cameron James and Luke Hancock obliged with some awfully good quotes there. The story's still available. Check it out from Saturday's uh, final report. But... More to the point, uh, Monday we're having a piece on recruiting. Now, not about specifics, who they're chasing, because that's still taking shape. But it goes more into the depth of how recruiting is going to be a real kind of a tricky process. I believe Coach Lamonis, uh, we quoted him as calling it a Rubik's Cube. No, I never solved a Rubik's Cube, and for all I know, I don't think Coach Lamonis ever solved one himself, but uh, you know what I'm talking about, and you certainly know what he's talking about. But do you understand the trickiness of recruiting? Well, read the piece and you get a better idea. I'll give you some generalities as we go on in this story. But my point for the moment is recruiting, yes, normally most of it is done by this point in college baseball. Well, in the new reality of A, the world of the transfer portal, B, the shorter Major League Baseball draft, which comes in mid-July, and uh, in Mississippi State's particular case, C, coming off a real downturn of a season. I'm not going to say recruiting is entirely starting over. I will say that all of a sudden there's some needs that are about to be addressed through the portal and possibly through some more high school pickups if possible because uh, not many roster spots are going to be safe. Now, Coach Lamontis would not come out and say that because you, you just don't say that in public at the end of a season. You let the players clean out their lockers. You have your exit interviews with guys. You get a feel for what some of them are thinking, particularly the draft-eligible guys, and there are a whole lot of them on this roster. That doesn't mean they'll be drafted, not the least because it's only a 20-round draft again this year, and in fact that's now going to be the new permanent reality, along with a very much reduced free agency cap which will encourage more and more players to come back to college, including some seniors. No, what I'm getting at is the reality is roster management is about to get extremely tricky in the case of the Bulldogs because they've got to replace or go out and find, in some cases, replace guys currently on the roster who are going to be Oh, what's a polite way of putting it? Encouraged, let's say, that uh, perhaps their careers will be better at another address at this point. Uh, Does that sound harsh? Well, no, that's the reality. When a program of Mississippi State stature has a bad, and I do mean bad, capital letters, bad season, wholesale changes can be in the works. Nothing is safe. Everything is up for reevaluation and restarting and recruiting. How's that for clever? Well, not trying to be clever, just being blunt about it. But that's our piece on money. Check it out and get a better idea of the trickiness 
of a not least the schedule um, as we pointed out before but it always worth reminding the portal deadline for spring sports closes on july 1 i guess when the major league draft is july 17th through 19th if you recall last year uh, houston harding told the team that he was going to look for a, another place to play despite you know having some heroics in the college world series um, good for him guys always want to look where they can have their biggest opportunities but when that happens, you can't replace them easily or at all sometimes. Certainly not with a portal player. You have to go out and get a high school kid or JUCO, and the roster sizes are not going to grow. Now, there's a lot of talk out there about loosening that, and I think it's going to happen in the future. But as of now, you're still stuck with these three numbers. 27 for your active roster. That's the number of players that can play during a season. And as we always have to remind people, no, you can't replace injured players. The 27 you list on opening day, that's who you've got, and nobody else can be added to it. You've got your total 35 roster, including red shirts, and then you're still stuck with the 11.7 scholarships for now. It's going to change. That, that is a pretty clear that uh, with the NCAA ceding so much of its authority in so many areas, the presence of name image likeness allowing new opportunities to uh, help guys come to college help in financial ways quite obviously that maybe can make up for those scholarship situations uh, baseball is one of the sports that can really benefit and we will talk more about this way on into the summer and by the way related to uh, things like NIL and the Bulldog Collective or the initiative the proper name we have a interview scheduled for this week with Charlie Winfield who's running it from Mississippi State and the idea will be to ex explain in very clear terms what the initiative is and what it is not because there's a lot of confusion on that not the least me I've got to do a lot of research myself before I talk to Charlie just so I have some semi-intelligent questions to ask but back to the baseball recruiting subject Read Monday's piece, and Coach Lamontis has quite a few comments about the complications of it. But also, you can read complications will not get in the way of doing a revamp of the roster for the 23 season. That's what happens when a program of this stature struggles. And 2022 was a struggle from start to finish. I'm not going to do a post-mortem on the season here. I'm going to leave that up to my cohorts. Mike Nemeth will have his piece on Monday as well. And uh, also looking ahead, Robbie Falk had his Sunday column. Steve Robertson uh, published a piece on Sunday as well. And so we'll leave that to them. And, of course, we'll be keeping track as best we can, uh, probably through social media in a lot of cases, when guys do make a decision, A, to transfer, or B, not to transfer. And those decisions are going to extend probably all through the month of June, right up to the deadline. So a lot of guessing games going. And also, one quirk of baseball that can just drive you nuts is, unlike football and basketball, nobody declares for the draft. Now, of course, a guy can say he's going to turn pro, and you can usually know in certain cases when a Bulldog intends to go that way uh, because he feels comfortable about his draft spot. It also includes some uh, signees and commitments there. But because they don't declare, you don't really know. Another complication. I think one of the best quotes by Lamonis, and I'm just remembering it off the top of my head because I don't have the piece in front of me that I wrote. He says he doesn't know who's coming in. He doesn't know who's coming out. And he doesn't know how many spots he's going to have available. Other than that, you know everything. 
yeah, I'm kind of being a little sarcastic there, but he's right. He doesn't know as of this day how many spots he's going to have to fill because, again, you've got that hard cap. And, of course, you're still dealing with the aftermath of the two COVID seasons that allowed so many players to come back, as well as the five-round draft in 2020 and the 20-round draft in 2021. So look at a piece I published last week listing the ages of all the dogs. Uh, I can give you a quick uh, rundown here and something that I uh, published there. Let's see, we've got two players right now, Luke Hancock and Drew Talley, who are already 23 years old as of today. You've got a bunch who are going to turn 23 this summer, either before the draft, uh, such as Braylon Skinner, or after the draft, like Tanner Leggett or Brandon Smith, Andrew Walling. It's really almost kind of scary in a sense of how many guys are ages 23, 22, and 21. By the way, Landon Sims and Logan Tanner are both already 21 or will be 21 by the draft deadline. Drew McGowan, Kellum Clark, Matt Corder, Stone Simmons, Jackson Fristo, Von Siebert. That is a heck of a lot of the roster that conceivably could be gone in the draft. Well, they won't. You, you, you and I both know they won't, and they a lot of these guys know they won't either because, again, it's only a 20-round draft from now on out. In a 40-round draft, yeah. And as we mentioned, the free agent market, signing bonus is capped. Of course, they can get more money out of the draft pool on certain teams. And I was reading on MajorLeagueBaseball.com that I think 30 of the 32 teams last year exceeded their um, salary cap. <laughs> so they, they take those things pretty uh, lightly in big-time baseball. Oh, by the way, uh, R.J. Yeager and Jess Davis as senior transfers, graduate transfers, they're done. Um, no chance of them to return. So there could be a whole lot of people to replace, or there may not be, because some of these guys, including some of the older ones, the 23-year-olds, they could come back because of NCAA's grant of that extra COVID year. You see the complications. And when you're only allowed to get a few tens of thousands of dollars for a bonus signing and to be sent off and play rookie ball somewhere, all of a sudden, coming back for another season at Duty Noble Field is not quite such a bad deal unless you just simply hate going to school by then. I know by the time I was 23, I was pretty sick and tired of showing up for classes. Uh, quite honestly, I didn't show up for a lot of classes at that age because I was working on the reflector in the athletic department. That's another story, but it contributed to a uh, grade point average that would probably make a great ERA, but wasn't much of a GPA if you get what I mean. Yeah, it's complicated. Oh, and by the way, as far as um, what's likely to happen to state signing class, well, two guys, and it's I say signing class, some of them are still listed as only as commitments, not signees, but it seems pretty certain that shortstop Jet Williams from Texas, uh, who's been rated by MLB.com as the 25th prospect in the country, that's as of a month ago, and things are going to change during the course of June as more and more guys get evaluated by the scouts. Uh, Left-handed pitcher Bradley Lofton from South Haven, he's listed number 100, which would be a third-rounder. However, some scouts are saying, telling Lofton, if you'll just go to college for a couple of years, uh, you'll be a first-rounder. But then third-round money can be too tough to turn down for a guy. There's something like 20 other commitments, none listed as elite prospects, but there's some that are probably going to give a good consideration to going pro if given any sort of decent draft, such as a outfielder and football signee, Dakota Jordan, who we're told is probably going to stick to baseball regardless. 
And um, Juco right-hander Colby Holcomb has um, been throwing mid to high 90s with a secondary pitcher, too, by scoring scouting reports. Y- you get the idea there. Here's another thing that I noticed, too, about the roster. How come it got so old? If you think about it, most years in baseball, you're playing with a bunch of 19, 20, 21, and 22-year-olds. There are almost no 19-year-olds on this team. Practically everybody's at least 20, and as noted, the larger part of the roster is already 21 years and older. Again, that reflects the extra year, the COVID complications, and it complicates things further because uh, in a normal situation, they'd be all ready just to get the heck out of college and turn pro, the money and the draft slots aren't going to be there for most of them. So, And as Lamonis has also noted, too, say they do get drafted. Well, they have to make a decision by August 1. And as Lamonis quoted last week, if you lose a guy in that time frame, you're not replacing him. You don't replace them. They're just gone. Well, read the story. Hopefully it clears up some facts about the complications of the drafting and recruiting. Uh, as to the portal, yes, Absolutely. Uh, originally state planned, we're told, to go to uh, three or four portal signees this year. I would say it's probably safe to suggest that count has just about doubled by now. It will, again, depend on who leaves, particularly among uh, the underclassmen and the red shirts. And by the way, quite a few have indeed declared for the portal already. Um, They had their chance in fall ball. They've seen where they stand. And they've already decided that probably they're not going to get the playing time that they're go- they want, and as much as guys want to play at Duty Noble Field, as much as they enjoy the atmosphere, they enjoy the aura of being a Diamond Dog, they want to play baseball. And if they get the idea that some of these seniors, juniors, may come back and they have to wait another year or two, well, they're not ready to put their careers on hold that long because increasingly guys you're signing are already coming to college at 19 years old. Baseball recruiting, there is nothing like it. Uh, Ron Polk used to say, and in Ron's own inimical way, that if football coaches had to deal with recruiting the way baseball coaches did, they would all go crazy. Well, it can also be argued sometimes that football coaches are already crazy, never mind the recruiting, but that's a subject for another day. As we talked about, you know, with James and Hancock, they – these are two guys that heard the boos during the season. Yes, they, they heard the boos. They were able to tune most of it out because the applause was usually louder, louder even during the worst times of the season. But they know this was not the season that Mississippi State expected. What did I expect? Okay, here I go. I said I wasn't going to do a postmortem. I'm not going to because that's way too much detail for the time frame we have. Honestly, coming into the year with the move of Landon Simmons, to a starting job with um, concerns about left-handed pitching, questions about the bullpen already, even before they started play. And um, thing, I, I, I was curious about the speed. It turns out they had enough speed on the team anyway, and wasn't it fascinating that they took advantage of Tennessee's catcher to run so often in the last series when most of the year they wouldn't run at all except for one or two guys, and even then very sparingly. Uh, that wasn't state just uh, throwing everything out the window for the last series. I mean, that was a matchup. They read the catcher, and that may be one of Tennessee's weak points going into instantly tournament play. Okay, we're not going down that rat hole either. Uh, Especially, we're not going to talk about their bats. Nope, not going to do it. Not here, not now. Nope, not going to do it. Restraint, David, restraint. 
okay, got got myself under control. So my my own thoughts were that this team would certainly return to the NCAA tournament. Absolutely would go back to the SEC tournament. I thought they would probably end up being about 15-15 SEC, somewhere maybe a game or two either side of break even. Probably be a decent two seed at a fairly local regional and uh, play out the season and for the first time in years not win a super regional and not make it back to Omaha. Does that sound pessimistic? Well, that's kind of what I thought of the team. And frankly, after the experiences of 16, 17, 18, 19, and 21, kind of a downturn already. Well, it wasn't just a downturn, it fell off a cliff for all sorts of reasons, and there I go, there I go, post-morteming all over again. Let's just say that quite a few people whose opinions about baseball and Mississippi State baseball program I respect, the consensus was, and this goes back to as early as February, uh, when they started losing games to Long Beach State, to Tulane, to Northern Kentucky, for goodness sakes, it was obvious the team was pressing from the moment they got out of the gate, even before Landon Sims and Stone Simmons went down, even before the rotation had to be totally revamped, even before the bullpen just revealed itself to be totally unept to the task, even before the offense showed that it was just going to have to rely on home run power because clutch contacts were not going to be there, scoring was not going to be there consistently, on and on and on we can go, even before all that. You just got the sense that the hangover from 21 was pressuring the 22 team. And that's, in some ways, that's their credit because they wanted to live up to that example, but they just couldn't do it. And you and I knew it. You just hate to say those things because you think, well, we've had magic before. I mean, who thought the 2017 team would win its regional in Hattiesburg? Who thought the 2018 would win anything? Well, I, if my book ever gets published, and yes, I've actually worked on one, believe it or not, uh, kind of an all-sports compendium, but uh, most of it being on baseball. In fact, I could do a separate one of a collection of dogs bite material in baseball for over these 40 years or so. Uh, I mentioned that the strangest, weirdest season in any sport ever was the 2018 baseball se- season. And boy, wasn't it wonderful how it ended too. But who thought that 18 team would make it to Omaha? 19, you expected they would make it back. 21, you thought they had a shot, but you, sh- you didn't think they had a shot at a national championship. Well, they pulled it off. 22, that weight of all those expectations, all that momentum built by the program, it just couldn't be sustained because they just didn't have the horses to get it done. And again, we get back to recruiting. Now, trust this. I have to repeat this. Never, ever criticize a ball player in any sport, he or she, for not being what they aren't. Don't ask these guys to be Will Clark. There was only one of those. Don't go out and ask a Lady Bulldog to be Victoria Vivians. There's only one of those. You see where I'm going. You just want them to be the best themselves they can be. The trick is getting enough best themselves. Or, as Lamonis came out and said, they won it last year because they had great players. This year, they had good players. Well, good players aren't enough in the Southeastern Conference. You need greatness. 
and you certainly need greatness in the bullpen. Think of how many games in 21. If you could just get to the sixth, certainly the seventh inning with a lead or something, you felt pretty darn good that you were going to win that game. If you could just get the batting order, just get those seven, eight, nine guys. Guys, just roll the order over. Just keep the inning alive, and we'll get the guys up there. And not only did the dogs know it, the other team knew it too, and that factors into winning games. This year, opposite case. Because the starting pitching was usually going to give up some runs in the early innings and then try to grind its way through the mid-game. Because the offense would score some, hit some home runs. In fact, they ended up too short of the all-time record, 95 homers. And in a way, they own the record because that's by far the most home runs hit in a regular season. The record of 97 was hit in something like, what, 65 games? The 89 team hit 96 homers in, I think, 68 games. This team hit 95 homers in 56 regular season games. So had there been a postseason, they would have smashed the record. In a sense, I know this is going to sound cruel. I'm kind of glad they didn't break the record. You want the records to belong to teams you want to remember. Well, this team, few will want to remember it other than as a transition point. And this is, and Lamona said something very interesting too. They've got to get back to the tough-nosed, hard-working attitude. That doesn't mean the dogs didn't work. That doesn't mean they didn't have a degree of toughness in some areas. They had to be emotionally tough because they kept showing up even when things were just totally falling apart, and they knew it. They knew after the Missouri series they were in deep trouble. After the Florida series, they knew there was probably going to be no postseason. But they kept playing ball. And they didn't just go through the motions. They actually played to win. They just couldn't do it. And it factors into what I said about the previous team in reverse. They knew by the second half of the season that something was going to happen and they were going to be in position to lose the game. And more to the point, so did the other team. So a state team didn't have confidence. Opponents always had confidence or certainly hope. And that's how baseball, more than any other sport, can turn in such a baffling, emotional way. But it really happened. I'm kind of rambling here, obviously. But that's because it was a rambling sort of season. It wasn't what we expected. No matter what you expected, this far failed to come even up to minimal expectations. But it can be a transition point because... You know, as Lamona said, he's never even been part of a losing season as a player or coach. He's never missed a tournament time. Well, now he has. State has a losing season. That's not happened since 2015. I'm not going to come out and predict that what happened in 2015 and then 16 is going to happen here. State went from absolute last to SEC champions in one amazing year by adding a couple players and a bunch of guys just growing up. Could it happen this season? Oh, sure. Um, And especially more so now because the portal makes picking up guys that much uh, simpler. Not easier, but simpler. But we're not looking for them to come out and be a championship team next year. We want it, and that's what the program certainly is supposed to expect. But you want to get them back playing tough baseball. You want them back to playing good baseball, making those defensive play. In so many ways, Saturday, the last game of the season, was a distilled essence of what went wrong in so much of the season, particularly with a couple of uh, 
really bizarre fielding place. Fortunately, nobody was badly hurt on that collision, but it looked awful for a while. Um, but you, how do you explain a first baseman who's been around the game for so long just throwing the ball home more into the dugout? It, it's it, Things like that happen when a team is struggling. That's just the nature of it. And this team struggled almost from start to finish, and now we're struggling to really fully encapsulate what happened to it. The real struggle is turning it around, and that's what Lamonis and staff have set themselves to. Because, to be blunt, when you have a program with the resources, with the support, and with the expectations that come with being Mississippi State baseball, one downturn of a season can be understood if not really in accepted two downturn seasons is absolutely unacceptable i'm not predicting that heads will roll if next season goes poorly i am saying that something seriously would have to be evaluated if they don't start the turnaround right now and i'd fully expect them to this staff is already hit the road recruiting that's the one advantage of not being in postseason it's not the kind of advantage you want but you got to get out there, and when you have to rebuild a roster like they have, well, m- most teams playing this time of year, once in tournament time, maybe need to pick up one or two guys. State's got to add a whole lot more than that. So in a perverse sort of way, it's just as well the season ended without even wasting any time going over to Hoover. Yeah, about that press pass. Uh, I got my approval. It's probably already waiting at a window at the Hoover Met to be picked up come Tuesday. And I might even stop by and watch for a game or two. But that'd be awfully hard now. I used to do it, but not anymore. When State misses the tournament, it's just too painful. Though I could wear my 21 national championship cap into this. No, not going to do that. Professional media don't do that around other media. Nope, not going to do it. But I'll keep that cap, and I'll cherish the memories of 21. You can't take that away from State. 22, you can't take away the reality of showing that no matter how much you succeed, it's always as fragile as the next year. The flip side is the next year after a bad year can be completely turned around because it's happened in the past, and I expect this team, this program, these coaches, and whatever players decide to return, decide to join on, to get the Bulldog baseball back to where they belong next season. That is, playing for the postseason, showing up in the SEC tournament to tune up, getting back in the NCAAs, hopefully hosting a first-round regional at the very least. It may be much to ask them to try to play for a national seed next season, but, well, why not? That's what we've come to expect here, so put the pressure on. Yeah, put the pressure on because that's what they want to do themselves. That's their plan. I don't think the pressure will scare them off. If there was any pressure this season that hurt them on the field, it was more self-induced trying to live up to an example set the year before that they just weren't capable. Add more talent, season the guys who are coming back, who've been through this time, who know their weaknesses, know what to work on, how to improve it, how to fit better into an order, how to pitch better in a situation, how to, what to work on, what not to do. Then you've got a chance next year to get back to Bulldog baseball where it should be. Well, I babbled on enough about this for a Monday morning. Um, Let's see what else is going on today. Of course, the uh, Ferris Trophy we presented. No, R.J. Yeager won't win it today because 
Uh, he had a pretty weak last week into the season unless the voting was all done before um, the final series of, of the schedule. But and if he, and sure, he had a good enough regular season. I wouldn't. I'd be happy to see R.J. bring on the trophy named after one of the all-time Bulldog greats. But that's another reminder that that's what Mississippi State is supposed to win. So who's going to be the dog in 2023? Who has a chance to win the Ferris Trophy? It may be somebody else entirely new to the program, much like Jaeger was this year. Or it may be one of these guys, one of these 19- and 20-year-olds who suddenly blossoms next season given the opportunity. But that's Bulldog baseball. And the fact that we're talking about it in these tones, you know, most places they just say, eh, it's over with, done. Well, on to football. And, in fact, we will be moving on to football, talking about NIL. We'll be working on some post-spring and some uh, summer work stuff, trying to line up some interviews with the coaching staff who are scattered hither and yon at this point. Of course, there'll be the uh, June camp round with uh, Steve and Paul reporting on who's coming to those. And that's going to be really interesting in the NIL context. I'm just going to throw this out there. What's going to happen when – prospects out there who are already committed start saying well if you're not making an nil deal with me i'm not going to show up to your camp just just something to think about and over the horizon sec media day state's turn is july 19th in atlanta this year and we have to share it with you know who and it's a morning as well yeah, I'm going to have to take Marta into town because no way I'll be able to drive into downtown Atlanta to make it to the press conference on time by then. But, yeah, state in Alabama, and you don't you know the media is going to attack Saban about his NIL stuff, and then they're going to try to bounce it off Leach for counter comments there. And, of course, Mike will quite likely respond because that's what he does. And what do we do here in the doghouse? We talk Mississippi State sports during the bad times, the good times, and for the next couple of weeks, though we don't really enjoy it, the slow times. Make the best of it. We'll be talking to you at least once a week from now on out. We have big plans for the doghouse. Once we get into the second half of summer, hopefully be able to find a co-host and start working on some plans to really expand it for football because this spring has been mostly a trial run here at the doghouse. We'll keep it up. Uh, for your listening pleasure or displeasure, however you decide. But we'll be back. We'll be talking to you as news develops here in Bulldog Country. So keep checking on us here in the doghouse. This is David Murray 